Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the 14th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and And on on earth peace peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, Have mercy on us, for you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who in the abasement of your Son have raised up a fallen world, fill your faithful with holy joy, for on those you have rescued from slavery to sin, you bestow eternal gladness. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Zechariah. The Lord says this, Rejoice heart and soul, daughter of Zion. Shout with gladness, daughter of Jerusalem. See now, Your king comes to you. He is victorious. He is triumphant, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He will banish chariots from Ephraim and horses from Jerusalem. The bow of war will be banished. He will proclaim peace for the nations. His empire shall stretch from sea to sea from the river to the ends of the earth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. I will give you glory, O God, my King. I will bless your name forever. I will bless you day after day and praise your name forever. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. 
The Lord is kind and full of compassion, slow to anger, abounding in love. How good is the Lord to all, compassionate to all his creatures. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. All your creatures shall thank you, O Lord, and your friends shall repeat their blessing. They shall speak of the glory of your reign and declare your might, O God. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. The Lord is faithful in all his words and loving in all his deeds. The Lord supports all who fall and raises all who are bowed down. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. A reading from the letters of St. Paul to the Romans. Your interests are not in the unspiritual, but in the spiritual. Since the Spirit of God has made his home in you, in fact, unless you possess the Spirit of Christ, you would not belong to him. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, then he who raised Jesus from the dead will give life to your own mortal bodies through his Spirit living in you. So then, my brothers, there is no necessity for us to obey our unspiritual selves or to live unspiritual lives. If you do live in that way, you are doomed to die. But if by the Spirit you put an end to the misdeeds of the body, you will live. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. Blessed are you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You have revealed to little ones the mysteries of the kingdom. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus exclaimed, I bless you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for hiding these things from the learned and the clever and revealing them to mere children. Yes, Father, for that is what it pleased you to do. Everything has been entrusted to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father, just as no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labour and are overburdened, and I will give you rest. Shoulder my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Yes, my yoke is easy, and my burden light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, my yoke is easy and my burden light. Really? Doesn't always seem that way. You know, sometimes I think, you know, when we read the Gospels, we can sort of go, oh, man, Jesus is demanding. You know, not only does he expect us to do good and avoid evil, but he expects us to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. He expects us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us, to turn the other cheek, to forgive 70 times, seven times. And, whoa, my yoke is easy? Burden light? Well, I tell you what. Here's a burden that we don't think about very often. It's the burden of sin. Now, you know... Sin's a pretty unfashionable topic in homilies these days, you know. 
we should be focusing on God's love and all, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, I think if you don't focus on the sickness every now and then, then the cure doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And the cure is the yoke of Christ. The cure is placing ourselves under his load. But getting ourselves out from under the burden of sin. Because he, here's the thing. In comparison, the burden that Christ places upon our shoulders, this is a burden that brings us freedom. It's the cross that brings us to the resurrection and not a burden that just brings death. So, okay, how is it that sin is a burden? Let's, let's have a look at some of them and, you know, let, let's get a little bit practical Let's get down to brass tacks, because I suspect sometimes what we do and sometimes the difficulties that we suffer in life, we kind of blame God for when, in actual fact, it's not a burden that he's placed on our shoulders, but one that we've accepted for ourselves. So let's take a look at vanity. Vanity is, you know, one of those old fashioned words, I suppose, but but it speaks about the inordinate desire we can have for the esteem of others. A kind of preoccupation we have about the way other people regard us. And so, you know, much of what I do and the choices that I make are governed by this kind of calculation as to whether or not I'm going to gain in the esteem of others or if I'm going to lose face before others. And so I'm constantly checking. I'm constantly measuring. Are things going better for me, worse for me? Now, here's the thing. Am I free? No, I'm letting other people make my choices for me, or at least what I think other people would approve of. How burdensome. How tiring. How exhausting. Constantly doing the maths in your brain. And what does the Lord say? Well, I didn't put that burden on your shoulders. Let it go. Seek first the kingdom of God, and everything else will be given to you as well. And if you take that load on your shoulders, actually you take off the burden of vanity, and maybe my burden's lighter. And what about the burden of pride? It can look a little bit like vanity, but it's, it's actually a bit different. Pride is that overinflated self-importance that we can have of ourselves. To imagine ourselves to be at the centre. And pride can lead to perfectionism. This constant need to make everything exactly as I want it. Because it's a reflection of me, and I am perfect. It leads to an inordinate need for control. And so you've got to kind of manipulate the people around you so that everything ends up according to your own will. But inevitably, there's going to be stuff that's out of your control, and that's going to drive you nuts. Now, pride is actually quite burdensome. You know, if you look at the times that are most 
joyful, they're usually also the times when we were most self-forgetful. You know, that dinner was so delightful and the time passed so quickly and I didn't give myself a second thought because I was so wrapped up in everyone else and in the joy of the moment. So what does our Lord Jesus say? Learn of me. I'm meek and humble of heart. I'm meek, which means I'm gentle. I don't manipulate others in order to get my way. And I'm humble because I don't place myself at the centre, but place myself at the service. So whose burden is heavier? Take my yoke upon you, says Jesus. Now, what about the burden of sensuality? You know, this is a big one these days, that that drive that we have to seek our own comfort, the satisfaction of our own bodily desires, whether it's food or drink or entertainment or amusement, relaxation, whatever. Well, in this case, it certainly looks like we're getting what we want. But it comes at a price. Because, you know, when I get accustomed to giving in to every immoderate desire that occurs to me, it gets really hard to say no to myself. It gets really difficult when I'm sitting on the couch to get up and do something which I know I kind of got to do. It gets hard to turn off the computer. It gets hard to tear myself away from the iPhone. It gets difficult to drive past Maccas without pulling into the drive-thru. So here's the thing. Who's leading my life? Actually, it's my passions. I'm losing my freedom. I'm losing my ability to set the course for my own life, to say, well, no, 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 I choose for myself what I'm going to do because as soon as a passion occurs to me, I can't log off Netflix and pick up a book. I'm like a leaf blowing in the wind. I got no direction. And not having any direction doesn't bring a lot of joy. It may seem like the one given over to sensuality is getting exactly what he wants, but in the end, what I want is to put myself on a path that's going to lead to true happiness and not just the satisfaction of my desires. So here's the thing. What does Jesus say? Pick up your cross and follow me. Yeah, it's heavy. Yeah, it's difficult. But what's the alternative? Carry your own cross instead of mine. Bear your own burden by yourself instead of bearing mine with me. You know, I think we look at all of our sufferings in life and just imagine that that's the burden that God has placed on our shoulders. And I think it might be a bit unfair. My guess is that a lot of the weight are the burdens that we've placed on our own shoulders. And the Lord then gives us the invitation. Take my yoke upon you. Stop carrying your own. Learn of me, for I'm meek and humble of heart. And you'll find rest. Our conversion, our, our turning away from sin, is a turning toward rest. 
and peace. It's a handing over of a burden that we've placed on our own shoulders. And the trouble is, you know, the work of repentance, it, it, it's kind of difficult. And, you know, Jesus doesn't lie to us. He says, yeah, my, my yoke is a yoke, but it's easy. And compared to what you've been carrying, oh, it's light. I think there are privileged moments in our life when the Lord Jesus just taps us on the shoulder and says, you know what you've been carrying this whole time? That's enough. That's enough of that. Give it to me. You're tired. You're overburdened. Come to me and take my yoke. It's a lot easier. And the burden is light. And now let's together profess our faith by praying the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the the Father Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, Come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, 
salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.